Hello everyone, how are you going? It's Pastor Rod here in Tokyo, Japan. We're doing a new series for this month. It's called Love Your Neighbor. Yay! We are believers in Jesus. Our hearts been changed, our lives been changed, our future's been changed. And God says, loving God and loving neighbor, our neighbor is what it's all about. I remember as a young Christian, I, I saw an outstanding situation of, of, of someone helping someone else. I was in um, Southeast Asia in a country and um, I was with two young people who were married. Uh, I'm going to call them John and Jenny. That's not their real names. They're from a, a country that if you become a believer in Jesus, you're probably going to be killed. Anyway, this young couple, they love the Lord. And I, and I said to them, what's your story? Like, wow, you guys love Jesus and come from a different faith. And, and what happened? And they told me the story that they, they, they just had to believe in Jesus. And, and uh, uh, the person who was telling them about Jesus uh, was, was, was sharing the Bible with them. And they were excited. And they said, but you don't understand what it means to, to be a believer in our culture. And and, and, and the man was sharing Jesus with them, said, I will help you if you need. And they, they made a decision for Jesus and um, they lost their, their, their home, their, 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 their furniture, their clothes. Um, they, well, not <laughs> they had the clothes on, but um, they had to walk out without anything else. And um, the man who was leading them to Jesus said, I'll help you. I'll give you that. And I'm, I'm going to help you here. And finally, he had to help them with some accommodation as well and help them with a the job. They'd lost everything. And... This young couple, John and Jenny, were just so thankful for this good neighbor, for this good Samaritan who really intervened and helped them. And this young couple said, we want to serve the Lord. We want to serve Jesus. We want to love Jesus all of our life. And and let me tell you that that's a big story. That's a big story of help. And it's like, whoa. And Jesus told a big story too. It's called the parable of the good Samaritan. And it's a famous one. In fact, I believe every Christian should read this every year. It's from Luke chapter uh, 10. And it's just an amazing story. And I want to tell you that although this is a big story, there's parts of this story that you and I can plug into with our gifts and our passion. I believe this story is about all of us together. And here we go. You ready? We're going to read the story. Luke 10, 25, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Wow, I wouldn't want to be this guy testing Jesus. That would be a, uh, a pretty bad thing to do. And teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he was, he was not a good guy. It says he was up there to test Jesus. I mean, if you said to God, God, what must I do to in- inherit eternal life with a good heart? Then it's a good, it's a good question. But this guy was really trying to prove himself to maybe some other religious people or, or big note himself or, oh, Jesus, um, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, what's written in the law? How do you read it? How do you read the Bible, the Old Testament? And he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus was pretty shocked. He, he said, You've answered correctly. Like you, you, you did good. That's really good. That's a great, great answer. And I'm sure all the people around would have been clapping. And the, the the teacher of the Lord got it right in front of Jesus. It's amazing. But then Jesus said these words: "Do it, and you'll live." <laughs> and this is the challenging part of loving your neighbor, friends. It's not about knowing what we should do. Loving our neighbor is doing it. And and this is the challenge 
of this parable and it's the challenge of our Christian lives is, is, is how do I love my neighbor? But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus another question. And um, who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered by telling a parable. You ready? It's in verse 30. In reply, Jesus said, this is a story. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, probably about 40 kilometers through the desert area. And he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. Okay, man beaten up. A priest, verse 31, a priest happened to be going down the same road. Now, this is a really interesting word, happened to be going. The word happened is the word by chance. In other words, Jesus is saying, oh, fortunately, a a, a Christian leader or a, a Jewish leader is coming down the road. It's like, what what good luck is this? And when he saw the man, he passed on the other side of the road. The, the, the priest, really? Is this the story Jesus is telling? Verse 32. So to a, a Levite... When he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. Now, this is a really surprising turn already happening in the story because these are pictures of people like us who, who love God, who, who say we, we read the Bible, but when there was a need, they passed on the other side of the road. Okay, so surely there's going to be a turn in the story, right? Well, here it comes. You ready? Verse 33, but a Samaritan as he traveled came to where the man was and when he saw him did he go to the other side no it says he took pity on him you know jesus loves to shock and i don't mean that just because of he's not trying to shock because he likes to shock he wants to shock so we think he wants us to think so that we react he wants us to react so that we actually live lives of purpose right so the concept of god shocking us or challenging us is always for a better future for us and people around us. So when Jesus says the Samaritan comes past, all of a sudden the people listening said, we don't want to hear this story anymore because it's now about this guy called a Samaritan. The Samaritans were a people group. They weren't bad. They were just very, very different than the Jewish people. In fact, the Samaritans believed the the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. They read that. They, they had faith in one God to some degree. They were similar to the Jews, but they were perceived as outsiders. So when Jesus said, hey, I'm going to tell you there's a, there's a hero coming in the story. He's a Samaritan. It would have been a, an absolute shock. And, and the Samaritan, it says, took pity on him. It's the first thing. The concept of, 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 of um, a gut-level feeling to help somebody. This is the, the first part of loving our neighbor is feeling something, is, is seeing a need and, and wanting to do something about it. Now, I don't think pity means he said, oh, poor man, I have pity on you. It's not that sort of concept. It's, it's the concept of, well, what's going to happen then? What's going to happen next when we see the need? In verse 34, and he went to him and he bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine and he put the man on his own donkey brought him to an inn and took care of him the next day he took took out two denarii two two expensive coins and gave them to the innkeeper look after him he said and when i return i will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have whoa I mean, this, this is uh this is a big cost this this guy, this guy did a lot of things. We're going to come back to that in a moment. But this, this, is, this is a big story, right? This is a big 
story of what he did, the Samaritan did for the beaten up guy. And Jesus finishes his story by saying to the, to the guy testing him, which of these three, the, the priest, the Levite who walked on the other side, or the Samaritan, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? And the expert spirit of the law replied, oh, the one who have mercy on him. <laughs> he didn't want to. Didn't want to answer it. But he, I mean, it's such an obvious story. He he had to say it was the Samaritan, was the neighbor, the one who had mercy. He couldn't even use the word Samaritan there. And Jesus said, "Well, go and do likewise." And once again, Jesus comes and says, "Well, you might get the answer right, but are you doing it?" And this is the challenge of loving people and loving. Our neighbor. And, and I, I, I looked at this story very, very intently. And I thought, well, I saw that you know, with John and Jenny, that young couple in the, that, that, that was, came out of another faith and, and, and someone helped them with all areas. And, and this story, the Samaritan, and there's, so, there's, so many, there's so many things here. And, and Jesus said, go and do likewise. Like, do I have to do all of it? Do I? What, what, if, what if I meet another person tomorrow and the next day, do I keep having, can I do it once? Can I just do it once? Like, is, does that prove it? Or This is very challenging, friends. And I want you to understand the Holy Spirit wants us to understand the, the bigness of this story. What do I have to do to be a good neighbor? And I, I just want to, want to tell you that there's, there's seven things that this that this Samaritan did. And I think all seven of them are quite big gifts in our life, not, not the same. So what, what did the Samaritan do? Number one, he, he had compassion and he went over to that side of the road. He went into the guy's territory. The guy would have been dirty, maybe bleeding. Um, uh, maybe he, he's dead. I mean, what do I do with a dead body? I mean, it's crossing over and showing compassion is an investment. It's an involvement. Number two, he had a first responder gift. He 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 knelt down and he he um he said, "I'm going to help you, sir. I'm going to help you. I'm here for you. I'm here." You know that a lot of time in when people are hurting, the greatest thing you can do is just be there. Like as a pastor, sometimes I've been in in hospitals with someone very sick, and and, and there's not a lot you can say, but but you were there, and and afterwards the family said. Thank you for being there. Or the person recovers and says, thank you for being there. You see, just presence, just a presence and to pray and to, to say, can I help you? And I'm here for you and you're not alone. It's actually part of the gifting that we see here with loving our neighbor. Number three was he shared his, shared his food and drink. He shared his oil and wine. He, he, he shared his personal stuff, took him off his donkey and tried to clean the wound, well, I guess, with oil and then with wine, which probably had some medicine effect, at least to, to help. And so he's sharing his own resource. He's sharing his oil. Have some of my oil. Have some of my uh, wine. Have some of my um, food. Have some of my stuff. This is, this is open for you too. And I think that even in the world today, we're doing lots of crisis appeals for People in countries where there's been ravaged by the pandemic or by war. Um, recently, again, we've given to the country of Afghanistan and, and the concept of, well, I, I could do something. 
I, I can't go there. I, I can't be in the presence of those people, but I could give something and I could share. The fourth thing is, is he lifts the man on his donkey. And I thought about this and thought, well, if it was a, uh, a very small person trying to lift a very heavy person, it would be very difficult. So this Samaritan had strength. He had physical strength. And sometimes just helping people with physical strength, helping repair something or build something or, or carry something or, or help people move house or using physical strength. Number five is he put him on his donkey, took him down. It was his transportation system. Be like today using a vehicle, a car, a van. Uh, we'll help you move. We'll help you do this using my transportation for my neighbor. Put him in an inn. And it was accommodation issue. He, he helped him to get housing, to get a roof over his head, helping organize, helping administer, helping the man get into a place of care. And lastly, he said to the guy, uh, the owner of the hotel, he said, I'm coming back. I'm coming back and I'm going to check out how he is. And, and there's the gift of what we call aftercare. Like, I'm coming back and how are you going now? And how is that? And we're going to pray for you again. And, and although that that's a lot of stuff, it's like seven different things, seven different gifts. And as I think about this story, I think, who is the Good Samaritan? And number one is Jesus. Come on, give Jesus a big hand. It's Jesus. Jesus does all those things for us. He, he blesses us. He cares. He's, you, you get the picture. And I thought, well, as I said before, well, what if, what if I help today? I could maybe do that today. But what if it happened tomorrow and the next day and I've got work, I've got family, I've got, I've got to make a living. How, how do we do all this? And, and the answer is that we get around a team. And friends, I want to tell you that Lifehouse is a great team. All our campuses and all our communities and our, our connect groups and our dream teams. And being part of a team means that I share the responsibility. I share. You see, out of that list, there'd be some there that I'd say, yeah, I could do that one and I could do that one on a regular basis. In fact, I'm actually quite passionate about some of those. I, I, I would love to actually be part of that one and, and that one. And, and if I'm not so good at one other, one other, it doesn't matter because I'm part of a team. And with, with connect groups, I've always loved to be part of a, a connect group because I've seen the giftings. Um, you know, my, my gifting might be to be more welcoming people but I've noticed in in the aftercare there are other people better than me that the, the long-term discussers and carers and people that say oh, I've spent more time with you praying and someone someone's a bit more generous over here and someone loves to bring food and someone loves and, and so the whole concept of of a, a team or a family group is that we all become the Good Samaritan friends we all corporately become the Good Samaritan but the key is that I do my part the key is I say, I can't do everything, but I must do something. This is the really key to love your neighbor, I believe, is this whole concept. You know, I can't do everything, but I must do something. Come on, let me say it again. Friends, I, in this whole list, in this whole story, on a regular recurring basis, I can't do everything, but I must do something. And the something is what I'm meant to do, the, the, the area that I'm actually meant to do it. As a very young Christian, I, I love going to Connect Group in Sydney. And um, 
And I started a connect group after a while with, uh, from, from the church, in the church. Uh, I had two, two, two ladies uh, to help me. It was a mixed uh, group. And um, back then, uh, the, the three of us said, we're going to start a group in this really difficult area of Sydney. In that area, there was lots of people uh, who had lots of alcohol problems and drug problems. It was one of those sort of areas. And we said, well, we want to start right here. And um, I remember getting with the, the two girls and uh, I actually still remember their names. Um, and uh, I said, well, what could we each do? And they said, well, we, you know, use my apartment. One, one of the girls said, use my apartment. Another one said, well, I'm really good at, at um, um, invitation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and I'm going to invite people who are not part of any connect group. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find them and invite them. And I said, well, my, my, I'm going I'm to help lead it and teach it and um, be, be the welcomer. And so the three of us started this connect group. And the first week there was, there was three of us. The next week there was about 10 of us because everybody had a different gift and a different skill. And we, we, we worked together. And, and then within a month, there was about 30 of us. <laughs> really, it was just crazy and nuts. And there was all sorts of people in that connect group. There were people dressed in suits and tie from work and people who were really at the top of their game in business. And one guy was buying satellites. That was his job. And and then there was other people coming in who were very affected by drugs and by, by other stuff in life. And there were people coming in and it was just crazy, but it was full of life because not just three of us, but then there was Five of us who used our gift. And then there was seven of us who used our gift. And, and we kept talking how we can use our gift together. We could be a good neighbor to many of these people that came in. And out of that group, out of that group, we, we birthed it into two and then three groups. And we had many groups. And um, But out of that group, the lives that were impacted was amazing. And many people become great business people out of that group. Many of them were challenged, but after a year or two in that group, they'd built such strength and, and uh, people uh, did great things and, and others became pastors out of that group. And um, a couple of people in the group since then have died, have passed away, but they lived great lives for Jesus. And, and so everything happens in a group, right? The whole lot happens in a, in a group over time. But the thing I want to say is that we loved our neighbor, not by doing everything, because we can't do everything. But we must do something. In our, in our grow course here at Lifehouse, you can do a, a study of seven motivational gifts and also your temperament uh, profile, what sort of a personality. And it's going to help you to know where you're gifted and where you're not so much gifted. You see, I think a big part of loving your neighbor is working out who you are and what you love to do. And then do it and keep doing it and keep doing it. I've met people who have got all these gifts. Some people have got way more than me. But I realized that it's not about competition. It's about what could I do to be part of the team to love other people. Now, of course, sometimes we've got to do it by ourselves. But what I'm saying is on a continual basis, let's do great things for God. I believe the local church is the key. And I want to finish with a scripture here um, from what I've just said, the, the whole concept of of, of being believers, of loving God with our, all our heart and loving our neighbor is that God is good and gives us the gifts that we need to fulfill. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, For we are God's handicraft 
created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So even before God created the world, He created in His mind and heart, He created created or, or imagines you and me and the gifts and the personality to meet that need to to help that neighbor to love that neighbor to help that neighbor to to love god and help those neighbors now now this word handicraft we are god's handicraft is actually the original language is the word poem a poem like a like a rap or a, a story and song or god sings over our lives you're going to do this and you're going to be great at that. You could do that. And can you imagine this? And you can help this person do this. And if you wanted to, you could help that person do this because this is the way God put us together to care and to love. And friends, I want to tell you that as we use our gift, no matter what it is, to love our neighbor, they are blessed. And guess what? We are blessed too because we're, we're operating in our gift. We're operating in destiny. We're saying, thank you, God, you would use me. And so I think a big part of our our lives is discovery and using, discovery and using. I want to finish by saying this, that um, there's a saying that there's two big days in your life. One is your birthday and one is the day when you find your reason for living. One is your birthday and the second one is when you realize why you're in the planet. It's called destiny. It's called discovery. It's called satisfaction. That when we know well we're in the planet and we start using our gifts and seeing what God will do, things change. C.T. Studd was a, um, uh, this is my final quote here, was a, a famous cricketer from England. I know some of you don't know what cricket is, but it's a game like baseball. And uh, last, last century or a, a long time ago, and, he, and, he's, and he, he gave all that up to, to go and serve the Lord in China and India and Africa. Uh, he started a, a group called WEC, uh, Missions Group. And he said these words. It really, it really impacted me. He said this, Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Let me say it again and I'm finished. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ and for our neighbor will last. Friends, I want to pray right now. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that you've created us with design, with a great future. And I pray we'd be filled today with a passion to love you and love other people with our gift, with our passion. And know, Lord, we can, we can discover and we can grow and we can increase and be part of a team and use our gift to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And I pray there'd be a release in this month of November, getting ready towards Christmas, a release of loving people, reaching out to people, using our online skills and our finance and and prayer and um, whatever it is, Lord, we're going to say, Lord, use me again. Lord, help me reach someone again. Help me to use my gift to bless people again. There'd be a passion as we move towards Christmas. I pray many people are going to hear about your love and about how Christians want to love their neighbors. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give God a big praise. Maybe hearing this, you want to say, I want to know this God who created me. His name is Jesus. He died and rose again for you after three days. Now, I'm going to count to three. And when I count to three, if you want to receive Him or come back to Him, I'm going to pray for you. You ready? 
Would you like to know Jesus? Have your sins forgiven? The grace of God, destiny of God on your life. Here we go. One, two, three. Lord, I pray for these people who are opening their hearts or coming back to you right now, Lord. You would forgive them, love them, fill them with passion and desire for the future. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give God a big praise. And friends, we do have connect groups and dream teams to be part of the church team. God bless you.